really wanted to go ahead and talk about the power of the tongue because with everything that's going on, I'm I'm, I'm not going to be phony or nothing. I had to catch my tongue a couple of times. (laughs) I'm just being real. I mean, I'm just being real. A couple of times I've had to, you know, to catch my tongue and, um, and I think we just need to be reminded and, and reminded of what it all means, the power of the tongue, um, and really dive into what it all means. Um, words are not simply just caused by, you know, air passing through our larynx. Words are powerful. God spoke the world into existence by the power of words. And since we were created in his image and in his likeness, we also have that powerful skill of being able to use words to shift and change things. Words have the power to bring forth life or cast death. That is in Proverbs 18:21, which I'm sure everybody has heard that at one point or another. The power of words can actually change the direction of a person's life. When it says speaks life or death, it doesn't mean necessarily physical life or death. But our words can actually change a person's direction positively or negatively. If it changes positively, then that's life. If it changes towards the negative, that's death. Death of that person's um, uh, abilities and, and personalities. It, it can also be very influential. Our words. Our words, of course, can teach, encourage, be a calming in the midst of the storm. Our words can be a blessing to someone. I know we've all experienced the time where just some simple words that someone said to us at maybe the lowest point that we've ever been, just a simple word just encouraged us and blessed us. Um, A word can provide confirmation. Now, on the flip side of all of this, the word, a word can destroy a person's spirit. A lot of people's insecurities ignited from a word that was spoken into them as a child, and they have never been able to let it go. And that's why we need to be very, very careful as to what we speak, and especially what we speak to children. Because I I promise you, a lot of adult issues is behind what somebody spoke over them as a child. A word can stir up hatred. It can ignite violence. And out of all of the creatures on this planet, only man has the ability to communicate through spoken word. The power of words is unique and it is a very powerful gift from God. And like any other valuable gift, we need to be very discerning in how we utilize it. Jesus said, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. And for by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. When I read that scripture, it just spoke volumes to me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I might need to pull some words back. (laughs) I might need to pull it in some. These words were spoken by Jesus and they give us a strong indication of how serious the words that we spew out of our mouth really are. We ought to really think 
before we speak and ask ourselves, is this really what I want to say? Is this pleasing to God? If God was to manifest himself right here before me, would I still use these same words in this same context? That's what it boils down to. Since now we know that we're being judged for what we say, we're going to have to give an account to God for what we say. Now, the Internet and technology, we all hands down can agree that it's one of man's greatest inventions. And it has extended us a lot of options beyond our wildest imagination. However, on the flip side, technology and the Internet collaboratively created social media. And unfortunately, what was created as a means to simply engage people socially on a higher level has become a platform to showcase the ugliest side of our carnal minds. You have people airing their dirty laundry on social media. You have those that just sit back and judge and criticize and gossip and belittle one another. Words are exchanged over the Internet that most people would not dare stand in another person's face and say. Social media has become a platform that is permissive, that we allow and is considered permissible, even entertaining, to go against the standard of God and what he put in place in regards to how we should treat and act towards one another. Jesus reminds us that the words that we speak are actually the overflow from our hearts. When one professes to be a believer of God, there is a certain expectation expectancy of conduct. The unbeliever's mouth is the mouth that is full of cursing and foul language and bitterness. But a believer's tongue should be bridled as we confess that Jesus is Lord. The mouth of unbelievers, keep in mind, are silenced before the throne of God. That means God is not, he's not listening to all of that. He's not letting that come into his space. But believers, our mouths are what opens the gate of praise to glorify him. And as believers, we have accepted the mantle of spreading the gospel. That's when you say I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, you now have accepted the responsibility that you are going to spread the gospel. And we cannot do that effectively if we are using profanity in one breath and speaking the gospel in the next breath. Cussing and foul language and inappropriate content in conversation, that all draws attention to the things that oppose God, leaving very little room to exalt the kingdom of God. So when we think of ourselves, and, and a lot of people, a lot of, this is why a lot of people don't even say that they're believers, and because they know they're not willing to change how they conduct their lives, and they don't want to be looked on as, as different. James 3.6 indicates the importance and the logic behind taming our tongues. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body. That means when you speak ugly and call yourself a Christian, that's what makes people look at other Christians as hypocrites. Because we have so many people that confess to be Christians on Sunday and Wednesday night. But come Thursday morning, <laughs> they cutting up and acting a monkey. Another embraced norm in today's culture 
is reality shows where it is trendy. I mean, people tune in for the sole purpose of seeing people degrade each other, to cuss at each other, to argue, to gossip, to exalt materialism, sex and greed, money and power. This is what why they have the following that they have. The people that turn on the TV to watch the reality shows, this is the kind of stuff that they're looking to engage in. When we look at how our culture has allowed our mouths to shape a generation, we bear witness to the biblical fact that life and death are in fact in the power of our tongues. Our tongues play midwives to the birth of the demons of Satan while we put righteousness on life support, barely breathing oxygen into it. In other words, when we are looking for things and, and, and worshiping things and exalting and finding entertainment in things that come out of one's mouth as entertaining that are opposing to God, we are helping Satan create demons. We're actually on his team. What concerns God is that, again, what comes out of our mouth overflows from our hearts. So if it overflows from our heart, what we're doing is we're making spectacles of ourselves as we exalt Satan's agenda and the conditions of our heart to God seems dim and dark and demonic, not a place where his spirit can dwell. We have allowed Satan to convince us that it is appealing or liberating to be vulgar, tell dirty jokes, implement foul language, and, and degrade one another. But such expressions should not be the character of a Christian. Paul says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The term seasoned with salt means to speak truth in love and with kindness, making sure that you don't pass judgment. Now, seasoned with salt, as you know, when you put salt in your mouth, it is, it's a bitter, good taste. It, 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 you know, it's a kind of, it's not sweet, but we all want a little bit of salt on our food. It's needed. And that's what truth is. People don't always want to embrace truth, but you don't back down from truth. But at the same time, you don't li deliver truth in a way that is demeaning to anyone. Now, the world always, anytime we want to, share truth with somebody, the first thing an unbeliever will say is, well, you're not supposed to judge. Okay, I'm going to need y'all to read the Bible. Okay, because no, I'm not supposed to pass judgment on anybody based on my standards and principles. But what I am supposed to do is bring light and darkness. That means speak God's standards and principles. Because the Bible was here when I got here. So this ain't my principle. I'm struggling, trying to figure it out and follow it along, right along with you. But the trick is that you are not supposed to put your own standards and principles. You strictly judge and call righteousness righteousness because God calls it righteousness, not because we have made it righteous. And it's always to be spoken with kindness and patience, with no intent to embarrass or belittle anyone. That is not of God. When you are bringing or throwing the Bible in somebody's face just to make a point 
or just to embarrass them or belittle them or make them look like less than. That is not of God, even though you may be speaking truth. That is not the godly way. It is important as, rep- as representatives of Christ that we not also be gossipers. I remember a couple years ago, we went on, there's a book called The Tongue Fast. And my pastor put us on a tongue fast. Everybody unanimously said this was the craziest thing we had ever heard. You know, da, 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 da. Well, let me tell you. When you start reading this book, and I promise you the book is not long. It may be 100 pages, if that. But when you start reading this book and you start actually dissecting how the tongue actually affects or can affect somebody with the littlest things, you realize there's a lot of things that, that you have done wrong. And I'm going to be the first one to say, I had to, I had to back up. I was like, oh, my God, I got a problem with gossiping. I had to really like check myself like, okay, I'm going to need you to pull it in. It says, you shall not spread false reports. You shall not join hands with with a wicked man to be malicious against anyone. Because we are accountable to God for what we speak. And also because we know the power of words, we should never spread information that we have not verified as truth. If it's not worth verifying, it's not worth talking about. Right now, there is so much stuff on the Internet in regards to this pandemic and everybody's blaming this one, that one, this one, that one. And I had to correct someone the other day. Okay, take time to read. Stop spreading it. See, because what happens is when you're spreading misinformation, different people are taking it different ways. You may actually cost somebody their life. Because they took what you said as truth and they acted or reacted on it and you did not take the time to verify it. So it's not if it's not worth verifying, it's not worth talking about it. Every word that involves people in any way has the power to hurt or wrongfully exalt, discredit, ignite negative actions, distract someone from the truth or improperly redirect assumptions and accusations. The Bible instructs us not to be drawn to what sounds good, because a lot of things sound good. And especially when we're dealing with the type of leadership that we have, and everything is kind of, we don't know what to believe. One day it's this, one day it's that one. So whatever comes along and sounds good, the human nature is to grab onto it as good. But the Bible tells us don't just grab onto something because it sounds good. Because when we do that, we will fall prey to liars and deceivers and thieves and the wickedness of Satan. We have to always be mindful that not only are we held accountable for what we say, but also for what we don't say. So if there's somebody spreading truth and you know that it's not true, you need to bring it to light, especially if you're in mixed company, because again, false information can cost somebody their lives. It says for as children of the most high God, we are charged to speak truth, spread his gospel and bring light into dark places. There will come times in our lives when we will find ourselves in situations and conversations where God really does want to use us. The key is when these instances present themselves that you don't give in to your own opinions. 
Don't spew your own principles. Only talk about what you have verified as truth. Only use God's standard as to what right and wrong is. Because you have a whole lot of people out there, you know, especially, you know, when you start talking about sexual sin. Well, there's no degree of sexual sin. Sexual sin is sexual sin. Homosexuality is just as sinful as adultery and fornication. It's still like vomit in the mouth of, in the mouth of God. That's what he says. We want to talk about, okay, well, um, he calls sexual sin. I mean, he calls homosexuality an abomination. He calls lying an abomination. So, I mean, what are you saying? Also, if you want to talk about fornication, we can talk about Phineas. When Phineas caught the two people fornicating, he drove a stake through, through both of their loins and killed them. And God rewarded him for that because they were fornicating in the, in the eyes of a prophet. So, I mean, there's no way to say that. We have got to stick to what the word of God calls right and what the word of God calls wrong. And don't add our extra onto it. Because when you add an extra, you're deceiving and it's just as bad as a lie. The book of Proverbs is truly a book of wisdom and it gives us insight it, it could, because there are times where we should not even speak. Silence is golden. And the book of Proverbs says, even a fool who keeps silence is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. God has created us with two ears and one mouth. The older people used to say all the time, that means you're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Sometimes we ought to be willing to just let things go without a comment or an explanation. And I, I find that hard to do sometimes and I have to stop myself. It's not always the easiest thing to do because we feel like if we don't respond, that we lost something. If we, and, and if we don't get a chance to explain our point, then the other person will never see that we were right because we put the fact that we were right ahead of everything else. But there are some instances when dealing with others when it does not matter who's right or who's wrong who won the argument or who didn't win the argument. There are three scriptures that we always need to be mindful of. And I promise you, if you make a habit out of this, it will relieve a lot of the stress that we have put on ourselves. Second Timothy 2.24 says, and the Lord servant must not be quarrelsome. Don't be always eager to argue, but kind to everyone, able to teach and patiently enduring one another. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So that sometimes it's not, and I know your mother's probably told you this, it's not always sometimes what you say, but how you say it. Matthew 5 and 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So while you're trying to maintain peace and feeling like you lost the argument or you didn't make your point, you have made your point to God. Because sometimes just backing away from it, if it's not going to cost you blood or cost you your life, sometimes just back away from it. 
And a lot of times what you'll find, back away from it. And if it's still troubling you, pray about it. And a, a lot of times that other person will come back to you and offer an apology. Sometimes you don't have to fight every battle. God will fight your battles. I promise you he will. As we operate in the wisdom of God, we should be aware that there are even times, even when you're consoling someone, when they're going through something, sometimes all they want is a listening ear. Sometimes a verbal response is not even needed. Elevate your listening skills over your talking skills. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's James 1.19. Now, what, what our mouths should be more focused on is it should be filled with prayer. Because prayer is our direct lines of communication between us and God. We don't need a landline. We don't need a cellular signal. We don't need any of that. God says, call to me and I will answer. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. That's a heck of a promise. We serve a God who is omnipresent. He sees and knows everything anyway. So you might as well talk to him about everything. Our talking to God is not like we're updating him because, again, he already knows everything. Our talking to God in prayer is an act of worship. It's acknowledging who he is. It's displaying our desire to engage him in what we do. It's funny, we will spend hours on the phone talking to our friends about our problems, but very little time will we spend talking to God about it. And what's even funnier is he, his response is the only one that you can be absolutely sure is the correct one. Our tongue should be filled with praises to God. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of your lips that acknowledges his name. When we lift up praises to God, first of all, it confuses the enemy. Because sometimes when you're going through the toughest part of your life, stuff that you just can't understand and it seems like everything is going, start worshiping. The devil is like, what in the world? I done threw everything at her and she's still worshiping that Jesus. I'm telling you, it will confuse the enemy. Your praise will calm a storm. Your praise will shift the atmosphere and release blessings. As praises go up, blessings come down. We as a culture will spend money on things that, we're, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, they will spend money on things that are supposed to remove negative energy from an environment. When all you have to do is put praise in the atmosphere. And rest assured, any negative energy has to leave. As children of God, we don't need any external sources to accomplish or align anything for us. God is our all and all. Our all and all. When you get confused, start worshiping him. Start telling him, God, you're my all and all. God, I know you got me. Just start confirming things in the atmosphere. We possess with our mouths the power to move mountains. 
to set aside stumbling blocks, to overcome what is meant to destroy us. The gospel reads, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt it in their heart. That means you have to believe that God can do exactly what you're asking him to do. But that they believe what he says will come to pass. He will do it for you. All we were given from God is on loan to us. None of what God has given us belongs to us because we ourselves belong to him. Our very tongue, which is able to speak life or death, was given with instructions, which instructs us to preach the word, be ready in and out of season, reprove, that means correct people with love and kindness, and with the rightness, righteousness of God, rebuke. There's going to be some times where you're going to need to rebuke Satan. You're going to need to cast him out of your house, your situation, over your children, over your grandchildren. And exalt with complete patience and teaching. Don't be afraid to teach what you learned. That's showing God that you truly believe his word. When you learn a good word, don't be afraid to teach it to someone else. So I thank you all for joining me. I hope that this word in regards to the power of the tongue was a blessing to you all. Lord, we thank each person that joined us on the line tonight. And as we come to you receiving this word in our hearts and in our souls, we ask that you guide and direct us, O oh God. Guide and direct our speech and how we communicate with each other and how we spread your gospel. We will forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Amen. <laughs>